Hello, this is Robert Lee. And Sam. And welcome once again to Third Row from the Front. Uh, we're again joined by Bane and Bruce Wayne. Bruce is the one breathing heavily, if you hear that. And Bane's the one eating a bone. So, uh, But today's movie is Killers of the Flower Moon. It is the latest film from uh, Martin Scorsese based on a book, uh, which is based on historical fact. Um Starring Leonardo DiCaprio, which is, I think this is like his fifth or sixth movie with first Scorsese. Yeah. Uh, And then Robert De Niro, which is, it's like his ninth or 10th movie with Scorsese and Lily Gladstone, who uh, many people probably know her. We we knew her from uh, Reservation Dogs. She has a brief, uh, a small role in that, in that show. But um, the story or the, the movie is about, um, this historical, uh, incident, I guess that happened that I, I, I had no idea. I knew nothing about it before this movie came out, uh, which is that, um, of course, you know, as we know, the native Americans, uh, were moved into, or forced, I should say, into reservations, um, you know, during the 1800s and 1900s during the resettlement of all these settlers. And, um, the, specifically, this story uh, focuses on the Osage tribe, which they were in Oklahoma and they were moved to this reservation. <laughs> but what the people didn't know, the white people didn't know, was that on this reservation they were uh, there was oil, you know, um, underground. And so they find this oil one day, early on in the film, and um, they become like the richest people, basically. In I don't know if just the nation or the world, I forgot what it said exactly, but they become really rich because of this. Um, and so they're, you know, they have nice cars, they have nice mansions, they they wear like fancy clothes, but at the same time, it's like some of them have still like their traditional dress. So it's this cool, like mixture of like traditional, uh, native, uh, attire mixed with like these very fancy, like jewelry and stuff. Um, but of course, as with many things, uh, during that time, this was like the 1920s, I want to say, yeah, 1920s. Um, they don't have access to all their money. It's really weird. Like it's like held by the the banks, and the banks, of course, are are run by you know white people, and they're treated like children almost. So they have to go in and ask for they have to ask for money. So they basically have to ask for their own money. Like, what are you using this money for? And so there's a scene with like Lily Gladstone's character, um, saying, "Oh, she needs a." a you know, a medical procedure. And they're like, okay, you know, I mean, they have to basically give all their personal details so that they can be approved to use their money. Meanwhile, this is happening. Um, a lot of native people are dying mysteriously and there's no, uh, investigation. It's like, um, you know, her character lists all these people that are found dead and it's, they all, they all have these kind of, uh, made up, uh, reasons for death, you know, oh, natural causes, or one of them's a wasting disease, which is like, what the hell is that? Um, and it just becomes starts to become very suspicious. And you also start noticing that a lot of the uh, white men are marrying these uh, native women. And so you start to see that there's something insidious going on here where it's like, um, you know, it's obvious that there's they're trying to get this money for themselves. Um, and so the movie is about that. It's about, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character who again was a real person. I forgot his name, 
but he and Lily Gladstone's character, they begin a relationship and, um, you know, this, these murders and, and incidents continue to happen. Um, all the while, uh, Robert De Niro plays his uncle and he's, um, he's this sheriff or deputy. Yeah. He's basically, he basically like runs this town and he's, but he's seen as like a, a, um, um, a good person, you know, because he's oh, he's always there for the natives. He's always there, you know. He's he learned their, he, language. their language. Yeah, he 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 talks good about them. He's he's uh, he donates money and all this stuff. But you know, you get this sense right off the bat that there's something off about him. You know, that he's not exactly who he says he is. But anyway, so it's it's a long movie. It's uh, like three and a half hours, but there's a lot to cover. And so uh, I know some people have complained about that runtime, but. You know that's debatable whether it needed to be that long or not, but we'll get into all of that and uh, all the performances and everything. But Sam, what did you think of Killers of the Flower Moon? <sighs> I had to think about I'm it. So torn. So I thought the story was necessary. I I enjoyed this story because I had no idea. I did not know that this was a true story. Um, so I'm really glad that the movie was made for this story. The movie itself was good. I mean, Scorsese's good at what he does, right? So it was beautifully shot. All the actors did a great job. Um, but I will say that it just followed the same typical uh, Scorsese like formula. And to me, it was nothing new innovative like creative um it wasn't impressive the way most of his other films have been impressive like i know the first movie that i fell in love with by him was the departed that was my favorite movie for years and it still is like a great movie i love that movie and then i know recently we 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 re-watched goodfellas and when we saw re-watched that one i realized it was kind of similar to The Departed in a sense. Um, You know, it's about like pretty much like gangsters, you know, and then watching this movie, I thought it was basically the same as Goodfellas and The Departed because you you know his style. Like, I would even throw uh, Wolf of Wall Street in there as well as similar in... You did Wolf of Wall Street? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he does like these quick shots like to help the story move along like but they're so fast and so like like little details that he'll show you without like without any context like he'll just pop it in there you see something that happened and then later on in the movie it's being explained by a character like oh yeah I did this or whatever and like he's just explaining it and you remembered the scene that he showed you out of nowhere before and it's like oh okay he's going back to that kind of, so his story kind of jumps mm-hmm. and but we already know this like so to me it's just kind of like okay it's the same old style it's the same old story like the way he tells stories so I think I was just more kind of disappointed in that like I just wasn't very impressed um but the story itself and and the actors did a great job like i thought it was good um but it it just wasn't anything like too crazy you know awesome for me yeah i mean he's i i appreciate what you said there because it it literally all three all the movies we just mentioned it's all 
awful people doing awful things, mm-hmm. and then by the end of the movie, kind of them getting their comeuppance, you know? Yeah. And he loves just showing death. Like, he loves showing people getting shot. Like, he likes to put it in your face. Like, he wants you to see what a close, intimate mm-hmm. thing killing somebody is, and then for that killer to just walk away like nothing. Like, oh, yeah, I just took care of my laundry type of deal. Yeah, there's a, there's a specific scene I'm, uh, that I'm picturing what you're talking about that in this movie, which is interesting because they literally describe what happened that night like maybe a a few scenes before that and so you get the picture in your head you're already like okay that's what happened but then he still sticks it in there he Mm -hmm. shows it to you anyway um but exactly it's it's very like uh kind of like going about your business like you would take out the trash you know literally that's how they they do it and it's just like okay next uh, now we gotta clean this up yeah let's shoot this person and just walk away we're done and and that's why I do not think this movie should have been three hours long because, like you said, there are so many times where they're telling you what they did without showing you. And then they go back and show you. And it's like, okay, well, you can One do that. <laughs> yeah, sure, do it once or twice. But, like, that's yeah. – he, he does it so much. It's like, okay, you don't really need to do it for everything, for every story piece of the story. Um, and then also – I just thought it was very anticlimactic at the end because he's building up, doing a good job of telling the story, like shocking, shock value, right? Like all these killings are happening in your face and you're just like caught up into like, how is this going to end? And then they just kind of summarize it. They just have someone reading like, oh, this happened to this, this person, this person ended up doing this, this person ended up doing this. And I was just like, oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. It was an interesting ending, not to give anything away, but they... And, you know, in, in most of these movies, they'll do those those title cards where it's like, you know, Jimmy the Greek was sentenced to whatever, you know, and they'll just they'll just put it as text at the yeah. end of the movie. This one, it's done as like a radio show um, where they're kind of acting it out. And then it's like, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they're exactly what you said. They're kind of reading out the everyone's uh, what happened to each person. And um, it was a weird it was an interesting ending. Like, I, I was like, OK, that's one way to do it, I guess. Yeah. But um like you said, it was a little anticlimactic, even though you kind of know that it's not going to be the ending that you want because, yeah. I mean, and that's how these things go, especially back then. But it is kind of a, a bummer ending. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I wasn't too impressed by that either. I was, it was just kind of, yeah, like you said, like, uh, bummer. But um, of course, Leo DiCaprio does amazing because he does amazing in anything he does. Um I love when he yells, like there's, you just hear that Leo yell. So there was like a, a race going on downtown and he was like, woo, you know, like just doing his yell, doing his thing. I was like, oh, it just reminds me of young Leo. Um, but I liked his character. I liked his story, his part of the story because Robert De Niro is setting all his nephews up for like, you know, okay, if you marry a native, you know, then he already has the plan, like, to go after their money. Well, Leo, or or his character, organically met this uh, native girl. What's her name? I don't remember her I name. I forget her name. Um, yeah, I forgot her name. I know the actress's name is Lily Gladstone, but I forget the character's name. Was it Which Molly? was also real. Yes, Molly. And then I think Burkhart is the, the, his last name. Yeah. I think Ernest is his name. 
So that's what was so, you know, sad about this story and tragic to me, which um, which I liked about the story because he their relationship was kind of organic. Like they they met without any interference from from anybody, from the uncle or anything. They didn't set anybody up. He was driving her around and they were getting to know each other. They built a rapport with each other. They had, you know, a good friendship and you can tell they kind of liked each other. And then once Robert De Niro's character found out about it, that's when he started getting in Leo's ear and pushing him like, oh, maybe you should marry her, you know, like, you know, just go after it, whatever. And so she thought it was harmless. She thought, you know, he really liked her. And I think I want to believe he really did. I want to believe he really did fall in love with her. Um, So they get married, have kids. And it's funny because and that was the also the other disappointing thing about this movie to me was that like I I already knew what was going to happen the first like 30 minutes in like you already know what the story is going to be about like it's like a typical gangster movie you know what they're after you know what the plan is you figure it out you already know it's going to put Leo in a position where he has to choose between his own wife and and his uncle um so I was already kind of bored like and I feel like that kind of made the movie feel way too long for me also because I had already figured it all out in the first like 30 minutes. Um, Because again, Scorsese likes to do these type of stories. I'm already familiar with it. So maybe someone who hasn't seen a lot of his work may enjoy this more than I did. But um, I like that their relationship was to me was really built on love. Leo and Molly's or I forgot his uh, character's name. Um, Feels earnest. But yeah, Ernest, and it was just like you can see. It's just like, come on, Ernest, how dumb are you? Because you can see everything that was happening around him, and then he ends up getting involved. But to me, I'm like, how did you not know that eventually your uncle is going to come after you and your family? Like, come on, you had to have known. But it puts him in that <laughs> that position. But then again, I mean, he obviously didn't because this is a real story. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I. And I don't know. I just like that that character when he had to make that decision. He was was really torn, like um, about what to do. He he was hurting his wife, you know, no question about that. But it seemed like he really did love her and was just kind of second guessing himself and and his part in the whole story. But yeah, I mean, I think it was a necessary story. I thought it was a great story, um, but. Again, because of I already know Scorsese's style and, you know, kind of figured everything out. I was already kind of bored. This movie was a little too long for me. And I just feel like not that it could have been better. It's just I just feel like I needed something new from Scorsese, like some a different approach, a different style. Um, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad movie at all. Um, so um, I still recommend it. thought it was good. But yeah. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you just said. Uh, I I kind of I wish I wish I liked it more. Like yeah. I wanted to really love this movie when when mm-hmm. we were going in. I was excited to go yeah, see. Yeah, we it. were all excited. To yeah, see this. because er- everything about it: Scorsese, Leo. like you said, DiCaprio, <laughs> De Niro, uh, Lily Gladstone's character. Uh, you know, it was good to see native representation in the movie mm-hmm. and the story. I was like, this is going to be really interesting. But I think it's the same thing that. Scorsese's been doing for the last, I would say, I guess since Goodfellas, is that he, like I said, he tells these stories of like these reprehensible people. Um, and 
he's he's gotten some criticism for this. Uh, he 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 shows these things in a very cold manner. Like it's not. There's no sentimentality. You're never like it's. You're never told, "Hey, this is really sad," which I guess is a good thing. You know, you don't want to be like talked down to. Like, yes, I understand that uh-huh. this is bad, but at the same time, um, he's been accused of like, um, what do you call it? Uh, like glorifying these acts. Like in Goodfellas, you're laughing and oh my god, these guys are hilarious and they're so cool. Know. But they're murderers. They're murderers yeah. and they're they're awful people. And then the same thing with with Wolf of Wall Street, like. You're laughing like, oh, my God, they're so crazy. But they're, again, horrible people. They were, you know, ripping people off of their money. They were uh, cheating on their wives, doing all kinds of horrible stuff, uh, you know. And and so, you know, of course, Scorsese would say, well, I think it's obvious that to the people watching this that, you know, these are awful people. You know, I'm just showing you that, yeah, it's fun, you know, it, that they were having fun doing all this stuff. But then eventually – you know, it doesn't last forever. Yeah. They get caught or, you know, the the whole – what you said about the Goodfellas thing, it really did <laughs> – the ending especially or the way it starts wrapping up is very similar to Goodfellas in the fact that they're trying to clean up any witnesses or, or you know, trying to like, oh, yeah. shoot, like it's all going to go down. Let's let's get rid, rid of all the people that know about this this plot or this plan. It's very similar because yeah. that's exactly what happens in Goodfellas. Like they start taking out all the all the people that know knew about this that uh, that robbery that you know. So anyway, very similar to that. But Goodfellas was much more stylistic. It was much more fun in a weird way to to watch it. I know you can't make this kind of story fun at all. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, it's pretty dark because every yeah, time you see is. something happen, it's like, ugh, God, this is awful because. You know, it wasn't just people being robbed or gangsters being murdered. It was like this, these native people who, you know, have been, you know, have been put through all kinds of shit since the beginning of uh, settlers coming over. And then just once again, they're being taken advantage of. And, and, you know, this one, they can't even have that one moment of like, hey, we have money. Like, Mm -hmm. no, no, you don't. Or you do, but we're going to take it back from you. So, um yeah, and it was it was to me it was too long. Um it could have been cut by at least 30 minutes. I feel like they could have shaved that off. Um I did appreciate some of the imagery when it came to like the native peoples like there's this kind of a beautiful quiet scene where s- somebody passes away and you they can kind of see like the afterlife, I guess. Um and they just walk away in that afterlife and that was a, that was a nice little scene mm. of that person just kind of happily going on to the next whatever that next world is or that next step is and after after death um so that was kind of nice i like that um but i wish they i really wish they'd focused more on the osage tribe because you do see a lot yeah. of the white people again the people that are doing the shitty stuff and it's like yeah we know they're shitty we already knew this mm-hmm. i mean we knew this about the you know that time period and people being ugly like that so um i, I feel like it would have been nicer to um to see more of the osage people at least from their side of the story which is interesting because lily gladstone has said in interviews that she had a lot of input and told Scorsese, like, hey, you know, we should you should talk to some of the Osage people and and um and she said that the movie turned out 
uh, a lot different than it had originally been planned because of the input of the OCH really? people. Yeah, so I was like, damn, how much, how much less were they going to be featured in the movie then? Because I feel like they only really, sh- you know, really show their side for like maybe twenty five percent of the movie. The rest of yeah. it is is the the awfulness of the other, you know, the bad people. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's crazy the way it's set up because. I would say like the first two hours are this main story, and then the last hour I feel like is the 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 trial and all the stuff that came up uh, yeah. after that, like the investigation and everything. Because I forget uh, Jesse Plemons, who's in the trailer, trailer, he comes out in this too as an as an FBI agent, but you don't see him until like, like I said, the last third of the movie. So, um, but I love that guy. He's yeah. I, every time he comes out in the movie, I. I, I he does really good work. I remember seeing him first on Breaking Bad, actually, and ever since then he's been doing awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's also the other part of the story is that it's, and I think the book is the book is titled um, "Killers of the Flower Moon: The Osage Murders and the Birth of the FBI." I think that's the full title. Oh, yeah. So yeah. this is literally shows you like the early stages of of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. At the time, it was just known as, I think. The Bureau of Investigation, right? It was B O I. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how that's how he introduces himself. Hey, I've been, you know, I'm a, I work for the B O I, the Bureau of Investigation. So it had just started. Um, I think that would have been an interesting story in in and of itself, yeah. too. But um, anyway, but yeah, it's it's a good movie, like you said. But it's definitely not even in my top like top five Scorsese movies because yeah, no. I mean I'm thinking like Taxi Driver, Departed. Uh, um, Goodfellas, Casino. Mm, what's my fifth one? I can't think of it right now. But because he also did Gangs of New York, oh, yeah. that was pretty good too. Daniel Day Lewis was awesome in that. But anyway, um, this one's it was good. I definitely recommend watching it. But um, I know it's it's an Apple Films movie, so I think it's coming to Apple TV. I just don't know when. So I know some people have had a problem they've said like the with the running time but I'm like it's not any longer than like some of these movies that come out nowadays like even um Avengers uh Endgame was like that long wasn't it maybe not I don't know but anyway um maybe it wasn't I don't know but uh I guess if you can't do it in the theater because you know some people just can't they're gonna have to go to the bathroom <laughs> eventually yeah. then i would say maybe wait until you can see it on uh on apple tv but uh i definitely would recommend watching it either way so um was there anything else you wanted to add about this movie yeah i thought it was interesting or i like that they included um the fact that and it's not subtle but like quick that the town was pretty much run by the KKK. And you that don't was really crazy. get that yeah. until later. So, yeah. like, all the the bankers, right? Like you said, like, any of the Native Americans that wanted access to their money, they would have to go to the bank. And then it was this white man that controlled it and said, mm. well, what do you need this much money for? And, oh, your mom spent $300 at the grocery store the other day. Do you really think she needed to spend that much? Mm. And, you know, so it's like, okay, why does this guy care? And it's it's crazy because they made it seem like they all cared mm-hmm. about the yeah. Native Americans, right? And yeah. so it's just so deceiving and it's just I don't want to call it smart, but it was oh yeah. It was like these white people figured out 
how to go about controlling and killing the and, Native Americans in a non-aggressive way. And it was everybody, bankers, like you said, but also doctors. And the doctors. Yes. So the Native Americans would go to the doctors and, you you know, they're thinking they're being helped, you know, by doctors and their best interests. And no, it's it's not what it was at all. So it was just such a corrupt town, right? And then later on, you see the cops and the the doctors or whoever there was a parade going on in the middle of the town and the people walking first were native americans in the Mm -hmm. parade right and and then right behind them was the kkk in their freaking hoods and everything yeah waving to all the yeah waving hello and and they're like (laughs) oh hey what's up Ernest?" like acting all friendly just walking down in the parade and it was it was crazy like i appreciated that they put that in there because it was so normalized back then, and the Native Americans didn't quite understand what that meant, right. I guess. And um, it was really scary. It was jarring to see that. Like, it was just accepted. Like, yeah. And and it was crazy to see the KKK not be violent out in the open like that. Because when I think of the KKK, I'm, like, shook to my core. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scared. Like, they're, you know, just that you should stay away from them. And these people were in a freaking parade because the town wasn't scared of them. The Native Americans didn't understand what they were doing. It was they were they were on such another evil level. It was behind, you know, everything the Native Americans saw, you know, like they they didn't know what was going on. I'm sure a lot of it is just kind of like what you hear from like white nationalists today. It's like, no, no, we're not. We're not racist. We're just proud of our of our culture, of our heritage, and you know. So yeah. when you sell it that way, it's like, oh, well, that's not so bad. Yeah. When really yeah. they're like total evil. Yeah. Yeah. So that was crazy. That was really crazy to see, and um, yeah, it's it was just weird to see. But I'm glad it was in the movie because that's something that actually had an effect on me. I was just like, Oh yeah. shit. Like that's crazy. Yeah, that was and, then, crazy to see. and then to realize, because you don't see that until later in the movie. So then you start piecing together like, Oh shit. Like it's the KKK running this town. It's the KKK that's going like doing all these things really. And that's the gang that's behind all of it all. So it was, it, that was crazy to see. So, yeah, I mean, and even if the people weren't necessarily members of the KKK, they would have been welcomed, no problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and they were also part of the what is it the the Masons? The, yeah, the, the Freemasons. Freemasons. <laughs> so I, I like that they put that in there too because there's so many conspiracy theories about them, and I thought it was cool to put that in there, like you know, as just part of it. I'm sure so. Weston would have a field day with that. <laughs> but uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah. Um, it was interesting to see. There's like a, a ton of cameos in this movie. So you'll see like other actors like later in the movie that have smaller parts. I won't I won't say who because I didn't realize it until we saw the movie that they were in there, I think. And that was interesting. And then there's also like musicians that are in the, oh, yeah. the movie that was I'll, I'll mention because most people probably don't even know who they are. But like Sturgill Simpson, who's a uh, he's a, like an alternative country singer. He also, he's also been in a few movies. He was in that, um, what was it called? Queen, something in Queen. The ones where the, the two, uh, black, the black couple like murder the cop in self-defense and then they're running for the rest of, their, the, rest oh, of the movie. Oh, yeah. Slim, Slim and Queen oh, or something yeah, like that. Uh, he was the, the cop in that movie. Uh, he was also in that movie they just uh, recently saw, the what was it called? The Creator. 
Um, Jason Isbell, who's also uh, kind of an alternative country guy. He used to be in Drive-By Truckers. He plays a, a role in this. And they're like prominent roles too. And then there's another cameo that I won't spoil for anybody that you'll because I didn't know he was going to be in this and I thought it was interesting to see him in this role briefly at the end. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good movie. It's it's entertaining. It's a it's a bit sad, um, obviously, but uh, it's I, I wouldn't say like you said I wouldn't I wouldn't put it up there with Scorsese's best work. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I guess was that it. Was that it for that one? I guess that wraps it up for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is now in theaters, probably on Apple TV soon. Uh, but uh, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Third Row from the Front. Also, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you're always sure to hear our latest episodes. And we'll talk to you next time on Third Row from the Front. Bye. Bye.